welcome to Jazz Avec Moi, the podcast where we will talk about everything from life, career, and entrepreneurship from a TCK perspective. My name is Michaela Mutoni, and I will be your host. Last week, in part one of our conversation with Giselle, she talked about how she got introduced to the world of technology and hackathons. She then spoke about what she loves about her job and some of the challenges that she has encountered. In this second part, we continue talking about the need for more Black people in technology and where we can claim our space, whether it is in startup or larger companies. I think it's also because you're working with younger people. The fact that you're working with younger people and the environment that you're working in is open and is open to change and just the way that they think, you know? So I think that helps a lot because for me, sometimes I've stopped counting. Huh? Like, I don't care anymore if it's because am I young? Is it because I'm, am I black? Is it because I'm a woman? I don't care no more. I just know it's messed up. And then I'm just like, well, it's one of these three reasons. Sometimes I I will say something literally in the meeting I will say something and it will just get dismissed you know I used to read about it like in articles and stuff like that but now I experience it like for example this week I was on a call where we were trying to find a solution about a problem and then there was this guy there's always that one guy who thinks he's the smartest in the room yeah this guy in the room he's speaking he's speaking or oh, it was a call he's speaking he's speaking and he's just shutting down everything but he's not offering a solution me I hate people like that so me I listen to them for like 30 minutes and then I was like okay none of us want to do solution A which is what they had just been spending 30 minutes shutting down and dissecting and I'm like what if we do solution B because I've seen it done elsewhere when we didn't want to do solution A this guy completely dismisses me as if I did not speak and it's like I'm the only woman on the call so you know it's me who just spoke like you heard me my voice is different than any of the guys voices you heard me this guy completely dismisses me just keeps on going about talking about how solution a is terrible and then one of the other guys who was a partner comes back and is like what if we did what Michaela said solution b because obviously we don't want solution a he literally said exactly what i said at least he gave me credit for it he was like this is what Michaela was saying you know and suddenly now though because he has said it now it's a valid option so and the guy who was talking is like, oh yeah, I guess we could do that. Nah, 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 nah. 15 minutes later, that was the solution that we chose to take. And like, we closed the call. But things like that happen all the time. And I'm like, so you did not hear my voice or because I'm young, you thought I was stupid, you know, or like I would walk in rooms and people would just be like, you can see like on the faces of people that they're just so surprised <laughs> that oh, I'm there. God. I mean, your story is kind of just basically the story of a lot of women and people of color, even in the tech space, to be honest, I've always worked in very small companies. I've never worked at a very scaled, right? So most of the companies I've worked with were like early stage. And also in both cases where I've worked the longest, my bosses were people of color. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so nice. People of color. And the first Ari was Indian Trini and is very much aware of diversity 
and of perceptions of diversity. And that's something that mattered to him. Like I would never, I remember one panel he did where there were a panel of like uh, of founders and there was three guys and he was the only person of color in the room and they asked them how they recruited people. And both of the white men uh, mentioned, you know, it's very much related to people they work with bringing on other people on in the company. So it's basically just kind of hiring friends of friends, which is basically hiring the people that looks like them. That look like you. And then they wonder why people are not diverse. And it's very much like that. And Ari is the only one who talked about diversity because our team is mm-hmm. very much diverse. And he also is very much who's very in tune with design thinking. And at the end of the day, design thinking is about understanding. It's also part of understanding. Part of that mindset is understanding that when you're building something, you're building something that's a reflection of who you're trying to service. And most people are trying to service a very diverse group of people. And that has to be represented in your team. Because that is very much important. You're, you're only you. You only live in your body. You cannot experience things the way that someone else is experiencing things. And having that experience in your team is very much important to bring something that is wholesome and that is that speaks to and is very empathetic to your customers. And he's the only one I remember. I remember that. It was so funny to me because it was genuine because I know that because that's the team we had. And uh, the second company I work with, which is basically like the longest one, a lot of the other work I did was like freelancer. So I did a lot of freelancing jobs through my life. But those are the two companies I stayed the longest with as not just a freelancer. Inja Hawk is with a founder. The CEO is a woman of color. Oh, is she? Yeah, she is. Oh, I didn't know that. And you can see like the team is very much diverse and diversity is at the core. Of, it's it's not the core, but it's just, it's just a given. Like you don't have to have a conversation in the team about diversity because that's just part of the core of what the company is, right? And so I've been lucky in that way in the sense of like, it's one thing when you do freelancing job, it's very different than when you work in a company daily and you have to deal with co-workers and all this kind of stuff, right? So freelancing job is very different. Um, you have a client, you do your job and you pay. And I did that a lot. And the other stuff, like when you have to deal with the team and when you have to, your identity is at the forefront, right? And you have to deal with other people. When you're not in an environment that is very much aware of that and where diversity is part of the core of it, it can lead to a lot of issues. There has been issues sometimes around like racial stuff, but when you bring it up it's not out of the blue like it's not like people are going to be like huh what do you mean are you sure not me like when I brought it up if I brought it up it was received and understood even in the sense of like when I say that events need to be more diverse not just women but also intersectional like we need more people coming from different backgrounds like racial backgrounds like how do we work around that as well and that's something that is received very well and you have to look internally in terms of like how can we put things in the process that are going to bring more of that result in the way that we've done for women and me bringing that up, you know, sometimes you don't want to bring it up because, you know, oh my God, I'm the only black person in the team. I'm not. But in your mindset, for example, be like, am I going to be the one who always has to point that out? So you don't necessarily want to speak out. But in this type of environment where it's already part of the core of the company, you can bring those type of issues at the forefront. And without being looked at as like, you know, that poster child for these issues just because you're black or just because you're women. So I think that's where I've been lucky. That's awesome. I mean, I've, I was really afraid, to be honest, in a way, because like, you know, me coming, working around Europe and very much worrying about 
how effective I could be being a black woman in creating a community around Europe. I was afraid at first, you know, because I think one of the things that I've done and I try to do was just kind of expand our reach in all aspects of all regions of Europe. So that implies going to Eastern Europe, going to Central Europe and going to the Nordics and all that kind of places we've never been to and are very much not necessarily the most diverse environments that you know and stereotypes as well of like how they would treat black people. I had to put myself, actually, I was because I was like, okay, you need to test this out because if this doesn't work, it's going to be a little bit of a problem in terms of community (laughs) building. So I was looking and I just, okay, I went online and looked for a conference that was happening in Eastern Europe that was kind of come up and I could go to that wasn't too expensive for me to be to. I found one in Viv, Ukraine at the arena and that was my first time ever going in Eastern Europe and I was the only black person or person of color in the airplane in the airport. It was That's crazy. so leery. And around Viv I saw the same three black people in the city. The only, those are the only people I ever saw. And when I was at the conference, I was the only black person, not that many other people of color. And it's kind of eerie at first, to be honest, because you're like, it's like, who? Okay. And, uh, (laughs) but that conference actually opened up the whole of Europe to me. That's awesome. Ultimately, because I made the best connections I've ever made. Like I met friends there who opened up the European tech ecosystem to me in the sense of opening up groups where I was able to meet a lot of other speakers who are coming from all parts of Europe and also the United States in that way just kind of open up a lot of other opportunities around Europe and I just kind of find in love actually with Ukraine I mean the tech system the tech ecosystem the South ecosystem I don't know if that's the same everywhere I don't know if I would have had the same experience in the whole of Ukraine when it comes to the tech startup ecosystem it was an amazing experience to me. And I met amazing friends who remains friends to this day. So it just kind of made my perception of the work I could do in the whole of Europe so much better, you know? Also, that was a decision I made, right? I could have stayed with my preconceived idea of what it could be and not put myself in this kind of situation where I would be confronted with potentially adversity, but I had to test that out. And I think that's one of the things that is very important when you're coming into a space. And if you're talking about diversity in tech and startups ecosystem they're not gonna come to you you have to put yourself in those spaces Mm -hmm. yeah oh my god that's so true and that's part of the reason that I work when I'm pissed and I'm just like oh my god this is terrible I hang in there because I'm like no I need to succeed so that other people can see that it's possible. You yeah. know, for example, one of the people that I look up to, <laughs> she's my online mentor, is Bazava St. John. Yeah, oh my boss. <laughs> you know, I look at Bazava and I'm like, yes, if she did it, I can do it too, you know? And just to be like, no, I am here. I am smart. I am relevant. Y'all are going to sit down and listen to me, you know? But it's like you said, the onus is on us to yeah. be in the space and to put yourself yeah. in the space because they're not going to think of you. They're I think the difference that you said that you had in the two companies is that your two founders were people of color. So for them, this is part of their normal life. It's part of their discussion. So it's very real and it's very relevant. It's not a new concept that they're trying to learn and embrace at an old age. You know, it's just a way of living. And then there's the other school of thought as well that's like, oh, well, let's go create our own things. Yeah, sure. You can go create your own thing. But then these institutions and these organisms are still going to exist. So 
there are a few of us that still need to succeed in this because otherwise the world is not going to change at all, you know? Yeah, I think this concept, you know, this whole aspect of like, let's go and create our own things is important, but it can also be a double-edged sword because they're needed. Like you need spaces because as I mentioned before, they're not going to give that to you. So you have to create yeah. those spaces. I look yeah. at companies like, you know, Black Girls School, Blavity, all these kind of spaces that are very much catered towards, for example, a population like us, you know, like uh, Black and important and yeah they're, they're needed they're needed they're incredibly important what i do uh disagree on though is for example when it comes to conferences there are conferences some of conferences um i love afrotech and whether i want to go on. to afrotech no i have to as well like like i will go next year like i actually have to go those are incredibly important and we also need an afrobytes as well in europe and those are needed because we don't have a space where we can actually lead the conversation and lead the programming based on our own understanding of what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, visibility of what's going on. What I do want though is more black people at other type of conferences like I always end up being one of the only ones or sometimes the only one that are into the other major European conferences and that's crazy to me because it seems like there aren't black people in tech in Europe sometimes. But then I go online on Twitter and I see all these amazing people doing amazing things, but they're not present at those conferences. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because they, they're not aware of the conferences? Or is it because the conferences are expensive? Or do you think it's just like no, I, not, a, not a priority? If for I find a way, okay, let's take out the financial thing because trust <laughs> me, there are ways to go to these conferences and get free tickets and get, there are ways to get those reduce that yeah i will not take that as an excuse i really do i will not because i am not balling you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) so that's for me it's is ridiculous excuse and the other part is i don't actually know why they don't want to be in those spaces i don't know if they decided not to be in those spaces i don't know if it's just because they don't know about them but at the end of the day for me i or maybe it's their role Maybe it's their role, but the thing is like, okay, it could be about the fact that they're only catering to a specific type of people, a specific demographic, which is maybe black, uh, black people or, you know, Afro-Caribbean descent, whatever. They might be catering to all of them. And because of that, they're not looking at other aspects or other type of events. But the thing is like for me, if you're catering to that population, to that demographic, whatever demographic you're catering to, you need to be in the spaces that are general because that's where a lot of the trends, that's where a lot of the, that's where the whole ecosystem is going to be, right? Yeah, and that's you where have the decisions be, yeah. are going to yeah. make, at least you see how they think. Yeah, you, you have know? to live in society. You can't live in a bubble. And oh, yeah, conferences, that's society when it comes to the tech and startup ecosystem. So you have to be mm-hmm. in there and you have to make your voice in your own perspective based on your demographic who you're servicing heard. So you have to try to figure out a way to speak, maybe get on those panels or maybe even like, just be there and ask different questions when it's a panel or interact with people on the ground, bringing your own perspective to things, right? 
it just can be also they don't know. But at the same time, it's just Googling away. I did not study in Europe. I left for eight years and I came back and I came here and I ended up in those spaces. I'm not the only Black person that is at those conferences. But sometimes in some spaces, I end up being the only one, to be honest. Yeah. Maybe we're one, we're less than 10. And that's crazy to me because through me being online on Twitter, I know so many people doing incredible work in Europe around minorities in technologies in people of color in technology I just don't understand why you're not here and also where are the Africans in these conferences because unfortunately most people don't go to Africa for conferences okay like they do not come yeah and they're not gonna come unless you give them a reason to come yeah and that means that we need to be we ourselves have to go to these conferences and make our presence known make our voice known make us relevant in those spaces because at the end of the day a lot of the black people who speak at those conferences are African Americans they're not African yeah that's a specific experience that is just heard in that specific perspective of technology and where things are going we as Africans need to be part of the conversation. And that means putting ourselves in those spaces. When it comes to Africa, obviously the money, that's when, you know, tickets are not. That becomes a problem. Tickets are very expensive. At the same time, there are ways to have your tickets, you know, discounted. Because if you're a speaker, for example, you get your flight covered or something like that. Or get somebody like an embassy or something to cover you just because you want to be able to put your country on the map when it comes to the technology, startup ecosystem, you know, like discussions and challenges and solutions. You want your voice to be heard and you want your country to be heard. Like I should have more randoms in conferences in Europe. You know what I mean? Considering the impact that Europe has on Africa, we should be in those conferences because those technologies are very much going to impact us. Yeah. And to the negative, if we're not part of the conversations or part of the decisions and ethics and on, on, on policy or don't understand where the trends are going. Yeah. And so for me, that's kind of one of the things that I need to kind of talk to more people on just to understand why they're not there, why they choose not to go there. I know that I don't know why because I haven't talked to a lot of people about it. It's just a question that always kind of, that has been positive me for a while now after two years of being in this space and very much uh, especially more Africans in this type of conferences because our voice matter so much yeah especially because we're kind of like the last frontier of like race a lot of people are racing to get us like we're the last frontier in terms of customers we're not on the grid yet so a lot of companies are just kind of battling to provide their own ways to become their customers or take our data or the first like so that they can improve their scale even more of their stuff right so yeah there's a race to who's going to be at the head of africa right now china is winning but, but yeah, we're not part of the conversations in those spaces. Like we're not there. It's like things are happening to us as opposed to being agent in what's happening on the continent. And if talking about the tech and startup ecosystem, that requires us to put ourselves in those spaces because no one is going to give us that. Since when? When has anybody ever asked <laughs> us or ever opened their arms to us? Yeah, no, you just have to force your way to make it happen. No, you just have to make it happen and just have to be very much present and and represent yourself and seeing how we can reap the fruit of yeah. our own resources. Mm-hmm. That's very true. And so, yeah, so for me, that's kind of a big deal. A kind of like the question I have right now, other than the finances from if you're coming from Africa and then there's, you know, there's the GoFundMe, there's a lot of things that can happen, especially if you're somebody that is very much, you know, speaker level, that means that you have clout. Yeah. And you are able and you can, if you come on vacation in Europe, I'm sorry, you can I'm just saying. 
you know, priorities. Priorities. I can tell this really bugs you. <laughs> priorities. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? It's like if you come on vacation in Europe, you know, choose a time where the conference is happening. And that's true, actually. Do like, you think uh, you could time it? You could time it. But I think maybe I think like you said, it might be a lack of awareness. I honestly would not be surprised if it was just a lack of awareness, but also maybe not understanding the value in it and understanding why the, the urgency or of why they should attend or of why they should go. And then if you add the financial aspect, then it's like, well, there is no point to this, you know, but I think that's a good question to take away. Like, I'm curious now that you've actually brought it up. To be honest, I am praying that it's just a lack of finances because if it's a lack of understanding of the urgency of us as Africans being part of this conversation, then we're doomed. And to be honest, I think it's part of that is true, like a lack of understanding of where the world is going at a bigger level. Not There's a lot of people who understand, but we need like the high level individuals and governments to understand where things are going. Yeah. To really understand where things are going. You know what I mean? Yeah, because at the end of the day, I think people are looking at it from... Uh, a local or like continental perspective, you yeah. know, but not necessarily maybe at a, at a global scale. Yeah. Like people don't know anything about Africa. Like I talk to some oh. people in the tech and stuff because they've never been to Africa. They've never heard of a conference in Africa. They don't know tech journalists in Africa. So they have literally no understanding of how we see in our opinion on startups, on technology, on education. Like they don't know. They don't know. They don't care. Yeah, that yeah. means that you you have it's literally you have to hammer down like it's like you are the hammer and you just have to like punch that wall and that's our work because no one is going to do that they're like a wall yeah for sure and it's urgent and for me I, I always tell people like we're a crisis mode right now as Africans is now or never to be honest this is the first time in yeah. history we've ever had an potential to be part of of a revolution of technological technological it's the revolution first time in history that everyone has the capability of having an impact some people have more or have way they're advanced right some people have mm-hmm. way more challenges to get on but you do have the opportunity to be at the table First yeah. time in history. And really we are not there. Like, it's literally like, it's like just passing us by. And we're not putting ourselves in that position. Our governments are not putting ourselves in that position. And that is a shame because at the end of the day, one of the biggest issues in Africa we have is like, if you do not work with government and if the government doesn't understand, you're doomed. It's yeah. not a lot it's of other countries, privately, they can do whatever. You know what I mean? They don't need the government to be, I mean, they do, but it's not as primordial as we do in Africa. Mm-hmm. And they, our own governments don't understand the urgency of technology, the, the urgency of what's happening that is part of like the technological revolution that we're experiencing right now and how that is going to impact us. It's already impacting us, obviously. A lot of people already taking advantage of it, but it could be to levels where... For me, I always say to people, if you say African development, I would laugh at you because development would not make sense if we're not part of this wave. Yeah, we're definitely going to be dependent on technology. Like technology can make us jump generations yeah. In terms of advancement of the, yeah. And we of don't development. have anything. Like a lot of, a lot of spaces, we're kind of, we can literally jump uh-huh. to the technology of now. We don't have to change systems of work the way that a lot of Europe, most Europe, most 
mm-hmm. like most of these Western countries have to. They don't have to change mm-hmm. all that. We can just literally just leapfrog go to the new thing and, exactly. and use that and and use that from the get go. The way that mm-hmm. we did with telecommunications, like I don't understand. Like people are honest, telecommunication is so much more advanced in Africa than it is in the West. We yeah. started sending money through our phones way before any. It, it wasn't even smartphones. Yeah, it's true. So. I don't know. I just get very um, <laughs> passionate. We're going to say passionate. <laughs> angry. It's okay to be angry sometimes. So to finish up, what would be your, let's say, three recommendations for someone who would, who would be interested in joining the startup ecosystem tech space? My three recommendations. Okay, so for me, I really encourage people to volunteer volunteer in community building initiatives that are very much related to the tech space. So it's either events around startups. In Most cities have a community builder organizations, whether they're co-working spaces, whether they're organizations like Women in Tech, or whether they're organizations like, you know, um, startups, like it's something that is pushing the visibility of like startups in your own city. Find a way to volunteer with them because they're not just looking for tech people. They're looking for people with so many other skills. Like, you know what I mean? Go to these events or volunteer for these events because not only do you get to learn more about the startup ecosystem, but you also get to use your skills mm-hmm. in a new ecosystem. So which is going to make you learn even more about the ecosystem very fast. And potentially you get to meet people, to meet people who can recommend you for something, to learn about the opportunities in startups and all that kind of stuff. The second thing I would say, I really would encourage everybody to go to a hackathon. Um, I know, when you said it, I was like, ooh, maybe I need to go to a hackathon. Don't go to, like, the tech hackathons, right? Tech-specific hackathons are very much technical. So look for a hackathon like Startup Weekend, like Angel Hack, like, you know, my own company, because we do the series event is very much around entrepreneurship. Hackathons are around a challenge, not a technical thing. Hackathons are around a challenge and not around a technology. Because mm-hmm. it's just using technology to solve this challenge. And you can come in, whether you're a technical or non-technical person, you have your space there because you, you might have to help in terms of, you know, marketing, sales, like, you know, understanding the design thinking. So understanding who you're building your solution for. And that means what you're going to build is going to change based on that. Mm-hmm. So there's a way of doing that. And just learning about teamwork. So looking at hackathons, um, there's a lot of hackathons that occur all the time. So I'd encourage people to do that. Also encourage people to go to meetup.com and looking for the tech meetups. Mm. And startup meetups are great just because they touch upon different type of skills, different type of speakers and all this kind of stuff. And that just kind of give you an entry into the startup ecosystem into meeting different people from different backgrounds and potentially even in terms of um, finding a purpose for what you why you are about and yeah so I think those two things like volunteering is so important I mean I got most of my job those are the jobs I had are all yeah. because of my volunteering yeah but not volunteering it's so painful it's so painful when you're volunteering because you're like I know I'm gaining a skill but oh my god I could use money at this moment you know? I know I know but Yeah, but volunteering for volunteering, not anywhere, like volunteering, because that's something that is a space that you want to be in. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's going to bring you to another level. Yeah. And not volunteering your whole life. Like, don't make it a job to volunteer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as an entry into the ecosystem, I think that that is something that is so valuable. 
volunteering, hackathons, meetups, those are great spaces to start. Um, to expose yourself. To expose yourself the ecosystem and just meet like-minded people uh ask questions those are spaces that are very open to questions open to new people and where i've learned a lot you know and i've met a lot of people that's awesome those are good advice i think i'm going to look up one hackathon in the new year for sure and then like check it out and see because when you said that it changed the way that it was one of those experiences that changed the way that you think not only at the world but at what you're capable of doing i was like wow that's an impactful day yeah because most people think when i go they need x amount of money to be able to start something they need x amount of months and years to be truly good at something and Mm. to be able to build something whereas a hackathon teaches you work like you can build something in 24 hours by working and collaborating with other people who have other skills Mm. and bring to life a prototype and that prototype is what you're going to be using to be able Mm -hmm. to maybe get people who are more experienced to come on board for your idea you might have an idea you don't have the skills for everything even if if you're not a technical person and there's a challenge of you and you have had an idea for a long time but you think that you need to become more technical so you want to be able to learn how to code before going no don't do that go to Mm -hmm. hackathon try your idea you know pitch your idea and see if people are going to want to work on you and try to see what prototype comes out of that because sometimes the way you've been looking at how to build it might not be the right way you might learn a lot from someone else but oh Mm. we could do it that way as opposed to that so just don't leave it into your brain just go into action and and hackathons teach you how you can with no money and just time and crunch time you can build something that actually works because all of the prototypes are built work yeah And that's for me, that's just realizing that like building something, a product in 24 hours is is incredibly powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And with strangers, like that's the thing that is like, there's something beautiful about that, but you have to be in that space and you have to realize it by yourself, you know, to to truly. And so, yeah, so. That's awesome. So where can we find you? Do you have a place where you talk about your work or share information? I'm the most active on Instagram, to be honest. Uh, so Giselle E. Karekezi. So that's G-I-S-E-L-E-I-K-A-R-E-K-E-Z-I. Okay, I'm realizing how long it is. Maybe I should change. I write, I write it down. Don't worry. <laughs> so like basically that's like my handle for everything. So like uh, Instagram. Instagram, Twitter, and uh, also Facebook, but I'm most active on Instagram. Okay, cool. So thank you so much for your time. Thank uh, you for inviting me to you. Of course. I'm so excited for you. Uh, me too. I'm so excited. I think three things I can take away. Well, we talked about a lot of things, but the main three things are, is don't be afraid to explore, to expose yourself to new things. Um Work ethic, you need to have excellent to work to have an excellent work ethic and produce excellent work. It's the only way to sort of move ahead and build your brand. And then tech is for everybody. Find your place in it. Yeah. Did I miss anything? Yeah, that's the thing. And the one thing I would like people to always, always hear, lots of companies, big companies are, t- are building technology for the, as an end, like mm-hmm. that's the end goal. But most of the tech industry is using technology as a tool mm. that is used to be able to resolve something. 
that means everybody can be can build a tech company if they just when people talk about startups and think about startups they think about tech startups and they think about a specific type of entrepreneur or a specific type of person working at that company without understanding that a lot of these people are just people who had a problem and they saw a problem and opportunity and they find they find a technology that's going to help them get to the solution Mm-hmm. And that that's means, actually so powerful. Yeah. yeah, and that means everyone can do that. And you do not have to be the person. You do not have to be the technical person who brings that to life. You can just bring on somebody else who's going to help you find the best tool, the best tech tool to get to where you want to go. So just don't limit yourself to what media portrays as who is the entrepreneur as who's the person who works at this company because they always focus on a specific it's manufacturer perception yeah it's not reality yeah oh wow yeah no but oh like actually now i have oh my god i have so many ideas like i know someone who has a great idea but they're like i don't have the technical skills to build it you don't so need so they should go to a hackathon and meet other people who will help them figure out yes. how to build it and then they can find partners or something, you know? Building something and finding a solution to a problem is like working with other people who are bringing other things to the table. What you're bringing is an understanding of the problem, an understanding of the need, an understanding whatever you bring to the table is just need to find your tribe who's going to help you get there. And yeah. that tribe is bringing something relevant and new, something you don't want to do, something you cannot do. And it's just bring them on the fourth and that's just it that's just what the entrepreneurial journey is about <laughs> then it's difficult because you know obviously you have to find the right people and you know funding and you know there's a lot of difficulty in the startup ecosystem but the team finding the right team is what matters the most mm-hmm. and that's just finding people who are bringing something new to the table who are a hard worker who have the same culture who have the same vision who can build who believe in the vision the same way you do and commit to it the same way you do mm-hmm. and that's just it i mean there's other things but for me that that is the thing that matters the most at the end of the day most people don't understand that if you're talking about vcs vcs invest in the team they don't invest in the idea Yeah, exactly. I mean, they don't invest in the solution uh, in the sense the way that you're trying to build to solution. Because they know the solution might change. It might change, right? But the team, because the market might they might realize that with the original idea, maybe the market didn't really want it, or they need to change something. It's the ability of the team to change and react and adapt. Yeah. So what matters the team? That's so true. But anyways, we could go on forever and forever. <laughs> so, so Good luck with the editing. <laughs> oh man, anyways, thank you Giselle. Thank you. And um, yeah, I will talk soon. Talk soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye. What did you think of the conversation that you just heard? Don't hesitate to leave us comments on the Facebook group or on the website jazavikmar.com. As the old adage goes, sharing is caring. So if you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends, like and subscribe. Until next time, keep striving, keep thriving and keep shining.